0: Welcome to the Money Protector with your host Dan Mitchell. You know what's changed in the last, say, several years? Because it sounds like you know the the specter of this threat is is a lot more grave and a lot more pronounced. And um, and I don't think people are really aware of it, right? I think people are sort of uh, in a slumber. Maybe that's because of COVID. But you know what's at what's at the heart of why why this is all of a sudden urgent? I know you talked about now they're going after digital currency and things like that, but is there? Is it that the hackers have new tools? Are people um, a little bit, you know, asleep at the wheel? Like, what's going on here?
1: So uh, it's all of the above. Uh, a lot of a lot of criminal enterprises have become enterprises, where they will rent ransomware as a service, and they will rent you stolen credentials. Uh, all you have to do is have a bent moral compass, and you too can can break into pretty much any system. Um, that's that's underprotected, and deploy ransomware, and they they give you a guide on how to do it, so you don't even have to be technologically savvy. Uh, that's the biggest change over the last couple of years: is you don't have to have a degree in computer science to, you know, effectively create chaos and mayhem in somebody's life.
0: So why are so many people unaware of this? Is it is it just that? It's too complicated. It's sort of too techy for them, or because I don't think I think people are aware of it in a general sense that, well, ok, my identity being stolen. But I don't think they realize how it's graduated to this much higher level of threat,
1: sure. I think a big part of it is that the again, people still think, you know, it when they watch the news, the news, they never report on the uh, family office that that lost. You know, seven million dollars worth of bit in in Bitcoin ransomware payments. Mm-hmm. Um, that never makes the news. It's the large corporations, you know, the JBS Meets and the Colonial pipelines, they make the news. And because, you know, uh, you know, for good or for ill, these other stories don't make the headlines. People, it doesn't get into you know people's attention and people on people's radar. Sure, I'm sure you hear about things. You know, when you when you talk in polite circles and you hear you know right. hushed tones about things, but. Again, you know, no one's standing up and saying, I'm a victim.
0: What about um, uh, your own clients? I know you can't mention an anybody's personal name or anything identifiable, but can you point to specific cases where maybe after the fact where a high net worth person or someone's come to you and said, oh my God, this happened? Can we, get, can we give a couple of specific examples minus proprietary information?
1: Yeah. So I think uh, one that comes to mind is... Um, High net worth individual with a fairly large family um, wasn't really thinking they did things to protect themselves and they did things to protect their family office, you know, the administrators of the family office. But they thought that was the extent that they had to do. Um, and then they gave their children um some cursory, you know, cyber hygiene talks about, you know, don't do this and don't do that and then uh one day um they somebody notices that the the car the driver that picks the kids up at school uh, is being followed so they alert the authorities um and and you know because this there's no reason for this car to be following the exact same route that it's following um and then they, you know, they take off. But it turns out, as they get home and they talk to the kids, and they find out, one of the kids had gone into a convenience store and bought a burner phone, uh, used the family credit card to or their own credit card to activate the phone, uh, downloaded, you know, Instagram and started posting, you know, stuff about their their journey and and where they are. Um, And, you know, after a couple of days of doing this, somebody caught on and somebody was able to now pinpoint where where these children were going to be uh, at certain times of day, so.
0: That's great, so let's talk about, we haven't really started to focus yet on women, so let's refocus the discussion on that. So in this case, uh, for a woman that's watching this and wants to be uh, prepared and wants to be protected, what in this instance or others should they be thinking of doing? proactively
1: uh you protect yourself uh protect your family protect your you know ever your parents are probably the most vulnerable members of your family um another example i can tell you about was uh you know a mother looking after her parents Um, the parents they have a a caregiver that comes every day and then one day the caregiver calls in sick uh, and the agency sends a temp. The temp looks at the address apparently um, and goes and does their, their business for the day, right? Taking care of these uh, the elderly parents. But what they don't, what the family doesn't realize is that the temp caregiver uh, dropped a little device in the house called a pineapple It's a little Wi-Fi device about the size of a roughly the size of a deck of playing cards, so it can be hidden, you know, pretty much anywhere. And it sits inside the network and it intercepts all the traffic. So as family members came to to call on, you know, and visit their her parents and she went to go check on her parents. Um, And then, you know, paying a bill with the Amex app and and on and on and on and, and, you know, leaving this, you know, large digital traffic that was sucked up uh, and used against her. So, again, good intentions, but, you know, you have to protect the whole family. Um, and it's, you know, you need to think of the whole family and I know you think everyone thinks of their own children, right? as their children come first, but you also need to think about your parents. And even if they don't have much of a digital footprint, that doesn't uh, mean they're not immune to being, to being a victim.
0: So let's talk about the real practicality of right now with say most women, what, if anything, do they have in place or think they have in place to protect themselves from you know, cyber attacks from ransomware, and what do they need to have in order to do so? Because it feels to me like uh, whatever they have now is not working, right? So what do they have now and what do they need to do?
1: Sure, so part of it is having things in place uh, to uh, monitor your your traffic. Not um, read through it, you know, not snoop through it, but just to monitor it and look for anomalies. Um, you know, when, you know, you're you're in, say so you're in West Palm Beach, but then somebody who's, you know, stolen a copy of your SIM, I mean, a synthetic SIM or your SIM card is now using it in Budapest right. at the same time. Um, if you don't have systems in place to do that kind of observability, you'll never know.
0: And so what do you think people, most people have right now? So they... Most people I talk to, most women don't have really anything like you're talking about. They might have LifeLock for identity, but uh, take me a little deeper into what you think the average woman has now, where she thinks she might be protected, but she's not. Like what system might she be using or what's lacking?
1: There may, you may be using a password manager, like 1Password or LastPass, um, and those are great tools, absolutely fantastic tools, and they help you generate you know, really strong passwords, which is great. Um, but if you're not monitoring the dark web to see if these credentials get released, not by you, but by a third party, you know, having a strong password doesn't really help if that password's already in the wild.
0: And it sounds um, like that's probably the default position of most people They figure like, well, I don't need to, you know, graduate to a level of, of real monitoring necessarily with a company like yours. I, I'll be fine with a good password and the answer is that's not true. <laughs>
1: That's not true because you know. So there's a study that showed that 60% of all people use the same password for everything, from Amazon to your bank accounts to your kid's school uh, portal and everything, uh, and your you know financial institutions, everything you can think of. Mm-hmm. So, if you know three out of five people are are doing that, I only need to get it right once, and then I have access to everything.
0: So let let's break this down a little bit. So the threat is financial. They could come in and essentially freeze money and then ask for a ransom, right? And for whatever amount, that's mm-hmm. huge. They could freeze assets. There's also what you just talked about, the security threat, where they might, you know, uh, get some information that they've gleaned from somewhere, and all of a sudden they're following your kids, as you described, right? So it's... Uh, oh, the, they're
1: they're following so they're, your... Yeah, they're following your kids. They are um, sitting in front of your... Um, as you change positions within the market, as you buy and sell uh, different you know assets and commodities and different things, um, being able to know what your transactions are going to be before you make them, um, is, and is bad. why not? And I
0: know we talked about this before because what's what's really, I think, the heart of this is that everything's in the cloud, right? Everything is out there in cyberspace. we We rely almost and exclusively, right? I mean, everything that people do now, is in the cloud or on the internet, so so that leaves a, a huge vulnerability, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, even if you even if you don't do online banking, say that you do, you know, you only write checks. You're sure you have a credit card, but you never buy anything online, um, or you buy things over the phone. Uh, there's still the other side of the the other side of the transaction that you're hoping. Um, does the right thing with your with your data, with your information. And that's not always the case. That doesn't always work out that way. Uh, and so now you're re- you're waiting on them to be forthcoming that right. something happened. And, you know, good luck with that.
0: So it sounds like most people have a password protection or they have a, what was the site that you mentioned that, that does a good job of that?
1: Oh, uh, LastPass does a good job. Yeah. OnePassword does a good job.
0: So they have that and they probably have, maybe some have life lock, and they have some kind of identity protection. But again, the really important point here is that this is a whole other level, what you're talking about, that, that requires monitoring. So let's burrow into that a little deeper with your company. So what kinds of protection are required in today's
1: world? Sure, so we monitor everything. Um, we will monitor your emails for suspicious activities. Uh, Another common one, uh, this happened to somebody the other day that we were speaking with. Their email, their login, their account had been compromised and someone was going in and impersonating them um, and then sending out fake invoices to their own customers but the bank instructions were not for the person whose account they stole. The bank instructions were for another bank in another state. So as people were paying these invoices thinking they're related to something legitimate, um, the money was never going back to the person. The money was was getting siphoned off into another account, immediately withdrawn, put into crypto and disappeared.
0: So you you guys are monitoring what kinds of scams like phishing email? Let's go through
1: the list. Sure, we monitor phishing scams with email. We monitor vishing scams with uh, voiceover IP. So, people make fake phone calls uh, pretending to be somebody else. So you look at the caller ID, and it says Bank of America, and it has a local you know area code and prefix. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not Bank of America, it's it's a criminal. Uh, that's easy to fake. Uh, the another really common one is the fishing one. Uh, I'm sorry, the smishing one, where uh, you get a text saying you won a prize yep. or we're trying to contact you regarding a settlement. Um, click here for more information. All those things uh, lead lead to no good.
0: So, but if someone is relatively smart about this stuff, they don't click on things like that. They They try to be careful with their credit report they try to be careful with with passwords. Even with all of that, there's still great risk, right? With the dark web, with all the other things at the disposal of hackers. And it sounds like the hackers are now one step ahead, right?
1: For sure. So going back to the earlier point about the 60% of all people use this one uh, login, one username, one password. Um, if that's released by anybody. So it could be a large breach. Maybe it's my healthcare provider. Um, or you know, remember Target a few years back had a huge breach, Marriotts had a huge breach. So as long as you never travel and never buy anything ever, I think you're okay. But that's unrealistic. <laughs> so, right.
0: so then, what about let, let's talk a little bit about as a woman, like let's talk for them. What what could they do for their family that you've just taught about what they should do for themselves? But what do they do to protect their children and their families?
1: Sure. So uh, some simple things you can do if you have children that are minors freeze their credit i know you think oh they don't have any credit because they're children well they have an address they have a social security number you know a bad person can find that information and then fill out credits on their behalf run up the tab and and bail um and now your kids you know have a negative credit even though they've never done anything wrong themselves so freezing credit for children for minors um if you can do it, freeze credit for your your parents as well. if they're you know in a place where you're the you're the primary caregiver um, and you manage other all their other all all their business and finances. Uh, that's another smart thing to do because again, super vulnerable, easy to be taken advantage of. You know they always want to do the right thing and they always want to be helpful. Right. So those are that's one easy thing to do.
0: So let's talk about the future. so the the hackers are one step ahead what does this look like uh, in the next three to five years does this what is the next kind of menace or tool of the trade that these guys might have that's like oh my okay now it's really getting worse are they gonna have some sort of a hyper leap where they all of a sudden it, it gets even worse and then it's just kind of a debacle or or do you feel like it's just kind of an arms race that you guys try to catch up and kind of where do where do we go with this
1: So the rate of attacks have have increased over over time. Um, The rate of attackers has increased over time as well, but not in step. So it's clear that while there are more and more people um, turning to cybercrime as a a method of income, um, at the same time, they're using tools to be more efficient in their work. So they're being more productive. They're producing more attacks on a daily basis. So... It really, you know, observability is a big piece of it, knowing, being able to detect when something has happened so you can jump on it quickly, so that we can respond quickly.
0: How many people do you think have been attacked and have no idea that they have been at this point, and in some capacity?
1: Oh, it's it's too hard to count, but it is it's in the millions for sure of people who have been from having their identity compromised and used in an attack. Um, to a charitable organization that they're a member of, that that email was used in an attack. Um, those are indirect methods. And then there's also direct methods where you've been attacked and maybe you've been lucky and your bank spotted the transaction. Um, I'm sure everyone's had at some point that you get that text message that says, hey, you know, did you just buy this at this store?
0: <laughs> and what about going after like the big whale? So... The hackers that are out there trying to go after the guys or and women, like let's take a woman that is, uh, you know, sixty years old has ten million dollars of, of net worth. Um, how are they going to go after her?
1: Sure. So they could take her identity um, and then use some of her assets to leverage into loans uh, for themselves, and then default on those loans and. You know, then she is stuck with the with the bill, and having to explain, no, I I didn't use this property as collateral. Um, that was never me, um, and that's really tough to go through and really tough to undo. Um, it's it's in this you're in this tragic state where you're guilty until proven innocent.
0: Wow, uh, that's scary. It's
1: large sums of money, you know, uh, that that are at stake here, and the bank is not just gonna say, Oh forget it. You know, we're good. So uh, that's one way. Um, Another way is they uh, reputational damage as well. Um, It's another big, big thing that they can do where uh, maybe they break into their phone, maybe they find some text messages that you really don't want other people to see, or maybe they find some pictures that you really don't want other people to see, Um, or things like itineraries for future trips uh, and all these things that you really don't want to be made public. or, or emails that you don't want to be made public from, you know, exchanges with board members, with boards that you sit on and things like that. These things that can cause reputational damage. And so they, they're basically that.
0: extorting you and then they charge a certain amount. Uh, okay. Yeah. And the way they yeah. get away with it is they get paid in Bitcoin and it's not traceable. Untraceable. Right. Right. Wow. It's uh, pretty amazing stuff, man. Thank you, bro. I think we've covered a lot of good territory. Um is there a way that if you even from your website that you could rattle off some some data before we go just about how many attacks there are now, how much it's gone up? Do you have that at your fingertips or I can always type that in, but might might sound really persuasive coming from you.
1: Yeah. Um, the one. Uh, so one that I, I read about today, uh, this morning, uh, there was a study that in 2021. Uh, Kapur- I think it was Kapersky Labs uh, estimated that there were 100,000 variants of banking trojan malware in the wild, targeting mobile devices. So 100,000 different types of of malware, specifically built to target a phone. So, and you think about all the people who use their phones for mobile banking. Um, what, not even even if you don't use Apple Pay, um, but you have you know the amex app on your phone or you know another bank card app on your phone or uh, you know uh, fidelity account on your phone or something like that these banking trojans can get in uh steal your login and uh go to town
0: and so can can the, can the, the pushback from a person be well my bank's got that covered i don't i don't need cyber i don't need your company
1: the bank has that covered um to a certain degree, uh, you know, there is FDIC for sure, but now you have to prove that it really wasn't you. Yeah. And the criminals go, you know, it's not hard for them to make it look like it was exactly you. Right, right. That, and then it's that, so, like
0: you said, it's guilty until proven innocent.
1: <laughs> click
0: hacks. Right, or, re- or at least relatively new. Tell us how it works and, and what are the implications for a, a, a woman?
1: plus I mean this doesn't just apply to women this applies to everybody but right the um you get a text message um from somebody you don't know and it has a an image attached you know they're sending you an image, but it looks like it's a it's you know something that you're not quite familiar with, but given what it is it's not really a it's not really a gif it's it's a piece of software, masquerading as a GIF that's embedded in an iMessage, or or a, a message from a messenger app. So, the problem is, it's called zero-click because you don't have to do anything. You don't have to click on a link, you don't have to uh, click on a on a button in an email or anything. To activate these things, and then we we teach people, you know, be careful what you click on. Be careful what you click on. You know, when you get an email,
0: you can't even open the text. Is what you're saying?
1: Yeah, yeah. If it's from a number you don't recognize, you shouldn't you shouldn't open it anyways. Um, Because you know, there's a preview mode on your phone already, so you can tell if this is something you know kind of related. Maybe it's maybe it's a service text from. Your auto dealership saying, you know, hey, yep. your your, your car is ready for service or bring it yep. in. Those kinds of things you can tell. But the other ones that you can't tell, don't click on them. Or if there's no text, don't click on it. Don't so even let's follow
0: that through. Let's say that that does happen and the hacker is successful with that. What do they do with the information and how is a person harmed?
1: Well, it gives them access to the phone. So they monitor, they look at. And, and record everything that you do on your phone, wow. whether it's a keylogger uh, where they start capturing usernames and passwords, um, or just screen-capping data, uh, or files, and things that they see. Notes when you open your notes app, or as you start texting other people, copies of that text gets gets sent out. Emails, everything can get, can be monitored uh, by by a, a legal third party at that point.
0: And how are you guys, uh, how does uh, your company monitor that? How do you combat that, this new technology?
1: Sure, so first and foremost, uh, we put a premium on patch management and vulnerability management. So we make sure that your devices are patched uh, up to the latest versions of everything so that there's no vulnerability that can be exploited uh, in ways like this. So as as these things happen, um, Apple releases you know hot interim hot fixes for things like this, so we make sure that those get installed right away uh, and not in days, weeks, and months later. Got it. That's one aspect of it. The other aspect of it is observability, where by you know monitoring your traffic and we can tell, hey, why is this phone all of a sudden transmitting you know data to this other endpoint um in, you know, the, the, they faked the IP address. So it looks like the data is going to Paris, France. Um, so you
0: guys flag that, you see that cause you're monitoring your client's phone and you yeah. see the suspicious activity and you let
1: them know. We let them know, yeah. Because these things, when caught quickly, um, you can mitigate a lot of it. Um, whether it's whether it's a patch to, to cut it off, mm-hmm. um, or alerting um, your family council or a private council, uh, so they can they can pop into action and we can treat it like an incident and do an incident response, right? Um, and and go from there. Whereas if you don't know it's there, um, you can't do anything about it.